This is Wicket's World with Mike Wicket on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Happy Friday. Happy Father's Day Friday to you as well. If you're a dad celebrating coming up on Sunday, a happy Father's Day to you. It is my, let's make my fourth Father's Day of being a dad. Is that right? Fourth Father's Day being a dad. And I don't have any idea what's going on on Sunday. My wife hasn't told me. Oh, I have no, it could be nothing <laughs> like here. Don't, here, don't get too excited. Be like, oh, she must have some big plan. Uh-oh. No, she also might have no plan, which honestly, it's fine. That's fine. I don't need anything. You know, it's like, I think the best gift for you would be, hey, babe, just don't do anything today. Yeah, I, it's, <laughs> that's not going to be a thing. You know, for Mother's Day and for Father's Day, often the gift is you sleep in. I'll take care of the kids. Oh. Well, that's great. And I would love that. But the problem is. Um, my more I do the morning show on laser, so I'm up at four twenty-five every morning. My body clock hates me. <laughs> uh, I cannot, even if she, if if Lee were my wife, Lee were to say, "Hey, uh, you sleep in. I'll take. I'll get the kids up. You wake up whenever you want." I'm still up at six. I'm still awake by. There's no. I can. There's no shot unless I get hammered. There's no shot I can get to 7 o'clock in the morning. Hey, maybe that's your gift. You, you no, get that's to get... not gonna... Mike, you get drunk on Saturday <laughs> before Father's Day. That's not going to be a thing. I don't... I don't, don't believe... So? I don't... I don't think... I don't... I, I could be wrong. Maybe she has Lee's that plan cool. for me. Yeah, she is. Lee's cool. She'd let you do that. Let. <laughs> uh, it is a happy Father's Day weekend to you if you're a dad. If my dad is watching on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page, hello, dad. I hope you're not doing a whole heck of a lot this weekend there, Dad. Um, I'm going to talk soccer later on. And I normally don't, but when the World Cup makes the announcement of the cities in the United States, and one of them is just a short drive from here, and it happens to be a place where I spent about four years of my life, I know how big it is for Kansas City to get the World Cup, the soccer capital of the Midwest, and, and one of the biggest soccer cities in the United States. So we're going to go down to Kansas City and talk to Mark Van Sickle, who is in Kansas City uh, and writes for HeartlandCollegeSports.com and get the reaction because here's how big it is for Kansas City. They got Mahomes to record a message before the announcement was made. Now, whether or not Mahomes knew the announcement was coming or they just did it just in case, they got the prodigal son of Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, to make an announcement in front of everybody down at the KC Live Block, which is one of the coolest entertainment districts, if you've ever been to one, or if you've ever been down there, you know how cool it is. So I'll get to that at 12.15. Um, but I do want to start with history being made last night. Four titles in eight years for the Golden State Warriors. They close it out, and they win the NBA championship. They do it in six. Now, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I will. Um, Kira, if you go back, you can check tape. If you go back, you can check tweets. Mm-hmm. I said Warriors in six. Steph gets the MVP. Warriors won in six. Steph get the MVP. Now, that's kind of a chalky response. Didn't go out on a limb and suggest, like, Jordan Poole was going to be your finals MVP or Otto Porter was going to be your finals MVP. But I felt pretty damn good that finally Steph was going to get the respect he deserved. And I want to talk a lot about that. I am so damn sick of 
my my Twitter last night, my Twitter feed last night. Maybe Steph really is one of the greatest of all time. Maybe Steph really can be in that conversation. If you're an educated basketball fan, it did not take a finals MVP for Steph Curry for you to put him in the conversation of one of the greatest players in the history of the game. He's the greatest shooter in the history of the game. He's an incredible playmaker. He's a very good defender. He's gotten better as a defender. He's won four championships in Golden State. He And I've talked at length about no one has changed the game of basketball more than Steph Curry in the last 50 years. Wilt Chamberlain, sure. They changed about a dozen rules for Wilt or after Wilt or because of Wilt. But no one has done more to change the game of basketball in the last decade than Steph Curry. Go watch any level of basketball. AAU, high school, college, watch the pros. It's because of Steph. It's because of Steph, his shooting ability. He and Clay Thompson changed the game. It didn't take a finals MVP, which, by the way, should have been his second because the man averaged 26 points per game in the 15 finals, but they gave it to Andre Iguodala because he could play defense. But it didn't take this. To convince me, I knew it. And I was so happy for Steph Curry and so happy for the Warriors to win. And I know people are kind of getting sick of, of, of the Warriors. I love watching them play. If my Bucks aren't going to win the championship, that's the team I want to win the championship. And afterwards, Steph, the man had goosebumps. These last three years, these last 48 hours, every bit of it has been an emotional roller coaster on and off the floor, and you're carrying all of that on a daily basis to try to realize a dream and a goal like we did tonight. You get goosebumps just thinking about, you know, all those snapshots and episodes that we went through to get back here individually, collectively. And uh, that's why I say I think this championship hits different. That's why I have so so many emotions and still will just because of what it took to get back here. He wins the finals MVP. Now, they have officially closed the book on the they needed Kevin Durant to win championships. They won one. KD comes over, wins two, and then KD bolts for Brooklyn. And that was almost too easy when it was the Kevin Durant-led Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. I mean, that was just, it was it was almost too easy, and people got pissed, and they stopped liking the Warriors because they were that lovable, kind of lovable loser up until Steph and company got things rolling. You have to wonder what's going through Kevin Durant's mind. Did I really leave that team to go play for Brooklyn with Kyrie and the headaches that come with Kyrie and then the James Harden disaster? Did I did I really leave the best organization in the NBA to go play with Kyrie for Steve Nash? What a disastrous departure that is for Kevin Durant. Just a disaster. Uh, and this closes any of that conversation that the, the Warriors were incapable of winning without KD. No no disrespect towards KD. He's one of the five greatest scorers that basketball has ever seen. He's unbelievable. But I feel really good for Golden State. And this might be my favorite answer from Steph. So listen to the question from the reporter. And then Steph cuts her off because she's asking the wrong question. What does just this mean to you to finally be... A finals MVP after everything. Forget that. We champs. Why are you starting with that question? We got four championships. You know, like, God is great. The ability to be on the stage and play with amazing teammates against a great Boston Celtics team that, 
you know, gave us everything to try to get to the finish line. This one hits different for sure. You don't ask. I mean, because here's the problem. All the conversation for the last week and a half has been about where we're ranking Steph Curry. And I hate listening to it. He's top eight. He's top 10. He's top 12. Is he approaching? Is he magic? Is he Isaiah? Can you put him in the conversation with LeBron or Michael? The man's got four rings, finals MVP, multiple scoring titles, multiple regular season MVPs, greatest three-point shooter in the history of the game. I don't care what your number is that you're going to put next to him. And and no disrespect to the reporter, but props to Steph for cutting her off. Like, who cares if I won finals MVP? I know you guys talk about it, we in the media, the guys that I just interrupted, Bart and Han on ESPN Radio, and that whole damn network talking about, well, does he need a, a finals MVP to be vindicated? No, he didn't need a finals MVP to be vindicated. So I'm glad he cut her off because what matters is Steph has four rings. Clay has four rings. Draymond has four rings. Steve Kerr has four rings. Andre Iguodala has three rings. Jordan, the next generation. That's what's so cool about the Warriors. Their, their next generation of players now knows what it's like to make a run and win a championship. And here's Clay Thompson because I, it's. Remember before Clay's injuries, how that man was a great defender and a great scorer, but he blows out his ACL. And as he's rehabbing, he blows out his Achilles. He was gone for basically three years. Not the same player. And you wouldn't expect him to be the same player. But I love his answer when he talks about the contributions that everybody on this Warriors team made. Whether it was Wiggs, who's around the corner, I don't know, he's chilling somewhere. There he is. That man made my life so easy. I used to have to do his job. And I'm looking at him like, that is exhausting, bro. You got to get buckets and guard the best player? That's crazy. Jordan Poole, his development, the guys he picked up a free agent agency like Otto and Belly. How about Kevon Looney? The man had a 22 rebound game. Just all around, all down the board. I mean, th- I just love the part where he talks about Wiggins because Andrew Wiggins is young Clay Thompson. Now he's not the three point shooter that Clay Thompson is, but his role on the Warriors is exactly like Clay talked about there. You have to guard the because Clay's not the defender, and he'll never. Was he thirty three, thirty two, coming off ACL and Achilles injuries in the last three years? He's never going to be the great defender he was. But Andrew Wiggins is that good of a defender. Now he's not the kind of shooter, but he's more of a slasher, scorer type, as you've seen. But I, I mean, he's like that. You got my job, and I love that. And that, that you know, we might start to see Clay kind of fade into a little obscurity. I mean, he didn't have a great finals, had a couple of moments here and there, and, and maybe the process to come back after those two injuries, maybe next year he gets back to being full clay, but I doubt he'll ever be the defender that he was. But I just love listening to that. And what this says, assuming everybody can stick around, at least the young guys, what this says is the league better be on notice because they've got Jordan Poole coming up. They got Gary Payton the second coming up. They got young guy Wiggins who's still like 25, coming up. They have all these guys that are getting set to replace, I don't want to say the old guys, but the old guys in Steph and Clay and Draymond. And that's scary for the rest of the league. Now, those guys, will they be as good as Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green? I, I don't know. I doubt it. But they're in really good position to keep the winning momentum rolling. And as Draymond Green says... 
we may have to start renaming the NBA Finals. It means a lot. This, this, this fan base gave me a hard time, really hard time. And to come here and get a win is awesome. I appreciate this fan base. They, they brought incredible energy. Got to give kudos to them. But we did what we do. Welcome back to the Warriors Invitational, baby. It's what we do. Welcome back. Four titles in eight years. It's hard not to <laughs> it's hard not to agree with Draymond Green. I mean, I don't know if people are getting sick of the Warriors. Maybe you got sick of the Warriors when they had Kevin Durant on on the roster. And you're just like, this is far too easy. I don't feel, and maybe I'm wrong, I don't. Like, I got sick of the Patriots, right? Aren't we all sick of the damn New England Patriots with Brady and Belichick playing in the Super Bowl? I don't think people are getting sick of the Warriors. I maybe I don't I could be wrong. People didn't like the Patriots because of the cheating and the deflate gate and, and everything. I don't think the Warriors are cheating. Maybe you didn't like the way the Warriors acquired Kevin Durant, but the way the Warriors do it, draft, develop, add players, add pieces. I mean, just ask Steve Kerr. I mean, every championship that the Warriors have won has been special. Well, they're all unique. They're all special. Um <clears throat> I think this one may have been the most unlikely just from the standpoint of where we've been the last couple of years. A lot of unknowns with injuries to Clay. Um, you know, Draymond at the end of the year, Steph at the end of the year. Um, a lot of young guys, kind of a new core, uh, or a new group around our core, I should say. Uh, but um, it's really special to see Guys like Wiggs and, and Loon and Gary Payton, um, just how far they've come, um, the impact they made, Jordan Poole, same thing. And I, I know I'm going to forget people, but it takes uh, a full team effort to do this. And we just had a, a, a great group who uh, who got it done. It's just it, they're a machine. They're a machine who looks to be good in the present and the future. And last night, Steph Curry had 34 points. He had six threes. My neighbor texted me from a couple of doors down, and he said, wow, Steph Curry. And he's not the biggest NBA fan. I, he'll tell you that. My buddy Alex is like, wow, Steph Curry. And I'm just like, he, he's so much fun to watch. He had six threes. He had seven rebounds. He had seven dimes in this one. I, um, I'm not much for Facebook fighting, Kira. But there was an ESPN post about Steph versus the big three of the Boston Celtics. And I wrote, that's not a big three. Tatum, Jalen Green, or Jalen uh, Brown, and Marcus Smart. I'm like, that's not a big three. The big three is right here. It's Draymond, Clay, and Steph. And you had all these people, including idiot Boston fans, who were like, Draymond shouldn't even be in that group. Draymond had 12 points, 12 boards, 8 dimes, 2 steals, 2 blocks last night. And his plus-minus, if you're a plus-minus person, that means the amount of points scored when they're on the court versus when they're not. His plus-minus was plus 16. It's the highest of anybody that started this basketball game. His defensive work, he is the third banana to Steph Clay. I don't know if Clay's going to be part of that big three much longer, but it's like Steph Clay, Draymond, Michael, Scotty, Rodman at the end for the Bulls. I mean, Draymond Green is offensively challenged, but he's going to D up your best player, especially in the paint. He's going to bring the ball up. He's incredibly versatile. I don't even like Draymond Green, the player, but you have to respect his ability on the floor 
when he's playing at his best and not losing his head and not kicking guys in the balls. That's when Draymond Green is at his best, and he is so valuable. He may only get you eight points, but he's also going to grab you 12 rebounds and dish out seven assists, or last night, 12, 12, and eight. And congrats to the Dubs, 103-90. They win it in six. They now have seven titles, second, uh, third most all-time behind Boston and uh, the Lakers, and they're already the favorites to win it again next year. No surprise there. Boston, number two. The odds makers already have them out. No surprise. Barring injury, it may be the Warriors Invitational. All right, coming up, switching gears, going to talk soccer. Because here in Des Moines, we're three hours uh, from Kansas City. One of the host sites for the 2026 World Cup. Mark Van Sickle is going to join me from KC. uh, And we will get into a couple of things about the economic impact, what's got to change, and the change is coming to Arrowhead. That's next. Like ESPN Des Moines on Facebook and watch Wicket's World live in real time. This is 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. First up, we have Kansas City. Kansas City, we got the World Cup. The city is going to show out in 2026. We can't wait to welcome fans from across the globe to the heart of America and to the world's loudest stadium. Let's go. You know it's a big deal when they get Mahomes to record a video message. That's how big it is down in KC, one of the 11 cities in the United States that will be hosting World Cup matches uh, coming up in 2026. Joining me right now from Kansas City, he's got 17 jobs, heartlandcollegesports.com, si.com's Arrowhead Report, and works for KCMO down in Kansas City. Mark Van Sickle is with us. Mark, appreciate the time. Uh, I know it's a big deal when they get Patrick Mahomes to record a video message. Let's go. That was incredible. That was the first time I've actually heard that. I saw the video pop up. I hadn't listened to it yet. That got me pumped up all over again for this World Cup coming to KC, man. I, uh, I I love my time in Kansas City. I know how crazy they are for soccer in Kansas City. Obviously, Sporting KC, part of the MLS, they sell out games every single night that they play. What Was, was there a doubt in Kansas City that they weren't going to be one of the teams? Because I know a couple of days ago, it was like, hey, you're one of the final 16 or whatever. Was there any doubt it wasn't going to happen? There was some doubt around Kansas City. They thought, you know, they think of Kansas City as the little brother. And if you look at the map, I mean, that's kind of true. Kansas City is the smallest city in this pool of cities that got picked. So there was some speculation if Kansas City would be picked. But Kansas City rolled out the red carpet when the commission came to town. They painted the streetcar literally to look like a World Cup 2026 uh, streetcar. So, like, they were going all out to get this thing. And I think in the end they saw that Kansas City wanted it the most of any city that was potentially going to be a host town. So what has to happen now, specifically with Arrowhead Stadium? I I know that obviously the field the Chiefs play on is not big enough uh, for soccer. What has to happen to that stadium, and when when, when do the changes begin? Yeah, I think they have to just widen it a little bit so they'll have to take out a few of the front seats. So I I don't think they'll do that until after the Chiefs finish their 2025 season. That would be my guess. I haven't heard anything official on that yet. Um, But for as far as construction goes, I mean, there's been some talks about 
the Kansas City Royals moving downtown, maybe the Chiefs expanding their stadium there at uh, the Truman Sports Complex where both stadiums are at right now. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on um, in the next few years for sure. I know there was one thing they were talking about, the grass has to change because they have to keep all the stadium fields the same for the most part. Have you heard anything about the turf that they're going to have to change at Arrowhead so it will match all of the other Houston, I don't even know the other cities, Atlanta, Dallas, uh, L.A., San Francisco fields? Yeah, I haven't heard anything on on the grass situation, but I, I think that's another thing that they can probably match up uh, pretty close to whenever the World Cup is coming to town. Uh, I think they'll probably be able to uh, fix that, I guess you could say, a- after that 2025 Chiefs season heading into 2026, because there is uh, several months that go by between football and, and when the World Cup will be here. When is the World Cup, by the way? What month? I know this year it's in Qatar or Qatar, yeah, uh, and that's being played in November because it's like only 112 degrees at that point in Qatar, which is the most corrupt World Cup city to ever get the World Cup. It's ridiculous. But when will it be played in North America, in Mexico, U- the United States, and Canada? I don't think they have the date set yet, but usually it would be June, July. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it, it should be around this time four years from now when they're in Kansas City. The uh, the economic impact, I have read unbelievable numbers from previous cities, and I imagine just like everything, two years from now, three years from now, four years from now when this happens, it's going to be an incredible financial windfall for Kansas City. I mean, I've read anywhere between $150 million and $620 million. I think I read that in the Star, the Kansas City Star, the other day. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I got to imagine... Kansas City Mayor Quentin Lucas, my buddy, is in a real good mood thinking about the amount of money coming into his town. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's in a good mood for sure. There's a lot of work to be done now in the next couple of years with public transportation and some other things like that. Uh, but, yeah, once they have everything done and in place, ready to go, which they will, they're going to have everything 100% ready to go, uh, ready for the world to be here in Kansas City. Um, but, man, there's going to be so many people here, not just internationally, but as as you can see on the map when you look at all the cities that are hosting this thing, you're going to have Minneapolis, of course, Des Moines, right where you're at, uh, Omaha, Chicago, St. Louis, Denver, all those are closest to the Kansas City site. So there are going to be a ton of people in Kansas City that weekend. Um, and, and, yeah, the local businesses are absolutely going to be going crazy, uh, not just getting ready for these people, but for the financial aspect of it as well. Talking to Mark Van Sickle, you can read him in Sports Illustrated, part of the Arrowhead Report, heartlandcollegesports.com, KCMO Radio down in KC. You know, I was talking about that from a Des Moines aspect and, and just thinking, I don't know how many hotels there are going to be that will be erected in the next four years in KC, but I imagine those will be kind of expensive. And at some point, gas prices will come down, hopefully before 2026. And when that does happen, I can totally see, like you mentioned, people from Minneapolis who are looking to go to Kansas City, going halfway, stopping here, and then just three hours to get down there. I I think there's a lot of cities around KC that will Mm -hmm. see a lot of travelers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're going to fill up everything they're saying from from KC to Columbia to Topeka. Like, that's a, an hour or two drive just to get to Kansas City. But they're saying that all those hotels along the way on I-70 are going to be filling up, even up in north and south on uh, I-35. And I have a brother-in-law who lives in Des Moines, actually, 
and he's already trying to get me to you know have our room set up for him so that he can come down and hang out. <laughs> maybe I should Airbnb my house. You know, exactly. maybe, maybe somebody from Bulgaria wants to come stay in my house, and I can get two thousand dollars a night for it, and just we'll go we'll go somewhere else. That's I, that's crazy. I should invest in a limo and just you know get ready so that I can do some uh, Ubering myself. Assuming Uber is a thing in 2026, that's not a bad idea. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Where are people going to be able, because I imagine tickets are going to be scarce and expensive. And and no one needs to make plans at this point, I imagine, to get down to Kansas City. But Mm -hmm. have they already started to plan out where fans can watch the matches that will be at Arrowhead if they can't get into that stadium? Now, here's uh, this is going to be an interesting thing because they know that it's going to be quite busy downtown at Power and Light where the normal watch party is for the World Cup. So I think what they're going to do is try to have multiple watch parties across the whole city. So maybe if you're on the Kansas side, you might go to Shawnee Mission Park. If you're in the north part of Kansas City, you might go somewhere up there. I don't know all the all the parks up in the north part of Kansas City. But uh, th- that's kind of what they're going to do, kind of spread it around to have multiple watch parties, maybe even up to a dozen watch parties around town so that everybody can get to some. And uh, if, you know, I mentioned it earlier, but if the Royals happen to expedite a downtown baseball Mm. stadium, uh, Mm. they might have a big watch party downtown at the baseball stadium. Who knows? Or if they can get that thing done by the opening day of 2026, maybe there's a watch party at Kauffman Stadium next door. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know how long it takes to finance and get clearance on a new downtown stadium. I know that's been a battle for Royals fans and uh, and, and for the people who don't want the stadium in downtown Kansas City versus the new owner who I knew the day that dude bought the Royals. I'm like, this guy's putting a stadium downtown. I don't know how long that takes. Uh, I can't. Four years seems like enough time. I imagine the clock will get ticking. Yeah, just a couple weeks ago, John Sherman actually mentioned that uh, he thought that 2026 could be the earliest that a new stadium could go up. Now, Convenient. I, How convenient is that? I, I don't know if he heard the news beforehand. I don't know if he had prior knowledge about the World Cup coming. I, I think he might have. But uh, Rich, yeah. rich <laughs> people get all that information. The guys that are billionaires and worth half a billion dollars, those guys get information before we do. Yeah, and, and maybe he's donating money to FIFA. I don't know. I mean, that's just me spitballing here. Somebody <laughs> is. Listen. Anybody who doesn't think that Kansas City kicked some kind of financial contribution, just like Seattle, just like Cutter this oh, this yeah. fall, you do what you got to do because if you can, they, the cool thing about Kansas City is they already have Arrowhead. They don't need to build a, a big giant facility like we do when the yeah. Olympics come around and and countries bribe the Olympic Committee <laughs> or the IOC. I mean, they still had to probably kick something back, but what they're going to see if it's six hundred million dollars coming back in 2026 it will have been completely worth it oh yeah clark hunt put some money in and what casey also has the u.s soccer training facility here so Mm. they have plenty of training facilities the casey current the women's soccer team here in kansas city is going to have a new stadium down by the riverfront um they're supposed to have it built actually by next year so we have plenty of soccer facilities around here. And then, like you said, Arrowhead Stadium for the matches uh, for the World Cup is just already set up perfectly. I used to be within walking distance of that new stadium for the women's team uh, when I lived in Kansas City. Do you have any idea how many matches are going to be at Arrowhead? Um, they're, they, they haven't said, obviously, yet. but uh, Everybody gets one, right? Like it's minimum one, correct? Yeah, and from what I've been reading, this year in the World Cup they have – 
groups A through H, which I believe is 32 teams, if I am recalling that correctly. And when it's in Kansas or when it's in North America, there's going to be groups A through O. So they're expanding the groups. A through um, O? Yeah, they're going to have four teams in each group. So I'm not great at math, but I Kara, think that's how many letters? Teams how many letters? Are four times A through O. <laughs> A through O. Yeah, exactly. So however many that is. Uh, that's how many teams are going to be uh, playing in these groups in North America. So I think wow. anywhere from four to eight games in Kansas City, which that's quite a bit. That is a, I, the expansion, because if you said they went from A to H and they were going to expand it to like to, to I or J or even K, like you're adding 12 more countries, but you're going all the way to O. What is the number, Kara? What do we got? Uh, 60. 60? 15, 15 times 4, right? 15 times 4 is 60. That's incredible. That's, I mean, that is a lot of matches to be played. And then we, do we know, and I, and maybe you don't have this, this answer. Do we know where the championship match will be played? I I have to bet the U S is going to put that in LA or New York or whatever. Yeah. I believe that New York is going to have the championship and I think LA is going to have the opening game to kind of kick things off. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I don't like it, but I understand it. It's the biggest cities in the world. The championship match is going to have an entire country staying in it, so you need someone with a lot of hotels. This is the reason Green Bay will never host a Super Bowl. There's just not enough hotel <laughs> space for for a for an event like the Super Bowl. And I, I think Kansas City could see a couple rounds. And I don't know how this is all going to lay out. We have four years to dissect it all. But, Mark, thank you for coming on, man. I know Kansas City is excited. I see it all over Facebook, all over Twitter. I know I saw Quentin Lucas jumping out, the mayor, jumping up and down with regular Joes in the Power and Light <laughs> District yesterday. They got Mahomes up on the board. Like, this is a party, man. Congratulations to everybody in Kansas City. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, Mike. Thank you very much. Mark Van Sickle. Follow him on Twitter at Mark the Overseer. You can read him in Sports Illustrated, part of the Arrowhead Report. Also, heartlandcollegesports.com and hear him on KCMO Radio down in KC. That is so cool. Great, great for Kansas City. Uh, it's a great town. I spent a lot of time down there. I got a lot of friends still down there. And I do believe that they will, we, we, we here in Des Moines will see some of the financial windfall. Not a ton, but we'll see something. Fans flying into Des Moines, staying here, driving down. on a, It's only three hours. It's, it's not, obviously, you've made that drive. You know how easy it is over on I-35. All right, we are 12 minutes away from Cubs baseball, Cubs and Braves. Zach Zaidman will have the pregame and, uh, of course, Pat and Ron with the play-by-play. Two teams going in opposite directions. The Cubs have lost a lot of games recently, and I believe the Braves have won 14 straight. (laughs) More next. You're listening to Wicket's World on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. My thanks again to Mark Van Sickle for joining us from Kansas City, SI.com's Arrowhead Report, as uh, KC getting the World Cup in 2026, one of the 11 United States cities. My name is Mike Wickett. This is Wickett's World here on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Cubs baseball, Cubs and Braves coming up eight minutes from right now. We'll have Zach Zaidman on the pregame and then Pat Rod with the first pitch. I'm just reading more into the politics that goes in or went into FIFA picking the 11 cities. And there are New York, East Rutherford, Philly, Boston, Miami, Atlanta, Houston, 
Dallas, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle, and Kansas City. People were wondering if D.C. was going to get a stop for the uh, for the World Cup. But apparently, now you know that the owner, Dan Snyder, of the Washington Commanders is a dirtbag and runs a dirtbag organization and should be fired and should have should be forced to sell the team. <laughs> Washington, D.C. merged its bid with Baltimore's earlier this spring to counter FIFA's concerns about FedEx Field, the oft-ridiculed home of the Washington Commanders. They did not pick one of the country's most robust, uh, robust soccer markets in Washington, D.C. Why? Because of the negative, widespread negative perceptions of the stadium when they toured it last fall. In response, organizers pitched a plan to play games at M&T Bank Stadium, the home of the Ravens, while hosting VIP festivities and events in D.C. But they ultimately snubbed the joint bid, picked Kansas City, picked Boston, who were quote-unquote bubble cities. Uh, they made their final decisions Wednesday night, Thursday morning. Boston was boosted by the fact that Robert Kraft, who owns the uh, the New England Patriots, just happens to be the honorary chair of the North American Bid Committee. Hmm. Hmm. That's so convenient. Hmm. Just convenient, I guess. Amazing. Uh, L.A. will have their games played at SoFi Stadium, not the Rose Bowl. They were talking about doing both. Down in Mexico, three Mexican cities will host matches, Mexico City, Guadalajara, and Monterey. Only two in Canada, Toronto and Vancouver. Vancouver wasn't even in the running until recently, apparently. Montreal withdrew its bid last summer because of hefty costs. They are not the only city to remove themselves from the list. Minneapolis and Chicago both withdrew from consideration because of the high demands from FIFA that include things like tax breaks and local government guarantees. I don't want to get too much into the weeds here, but host cities essentially pay to stage three to seven games of Fan Fest and other events. Apparently, Minneapolis didn't want to pay to stage games of Fan Fest and other events. And FIFA gets most of the majority of revenue from the games. That's how FIFA makes their money. We'll come there. You pay for us to host this stuff. You're going to make money on hotels. You're going to make money on all the advertising, whatever. But when people buy tickets... That goes to us. When people come to events, fan fest, that goes to us. Pretty one-sided stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, FIFA basically says, all right, here's what's going to happen. And other cities are just like, all right, well, or the countries, as the case may be, are just, they, they have to bend over and take it up the uh, the keister. But again, if you're a city like Kansas City, and I, and, and I spent a long time in Kansas City, Kansas City has an inferiority complex. It's little brother to St. Louis. St. Louis is little brother to Chicago. Chicago is little brother to New York. All right? And I I don't think Chicago has any want to be L.A. because they're so far away. But I think there is this Midwest-East Coast rivalry. And, you know, there are some in Des Moines that have a little brother of Minneapolis or Kansas City. You know, because you get down to the smaller cities, they all want to be like this or like that. Milwaukee has a little brother to Chicago. You know, just just the kind of the way that it is. Um, I don't know if Minneapolis feels that way about Chicago, maybe. I'm not 100% sure. But when you're a city like Kansas City, and it's a glo- I mean, they got a lot of stuff in Kansas City. It's a very big city, a lot of streets. I think there's more 
miles of road in Kansas City than any other city in America, which is amazing. It's it's very widespread. And downtown has lots of streets, whole bunch of streets down there. But you want to be on that global level. You want to be recognized. You know, think about Kansas City. They're opening up a new airport, I think, next March. Whoa. I didn't know that. Their airport's a lot like Des Moines. It's very convenient and small. Mm-hmm. But it's also from the day the day after it opened, there were laws put in about the safety. There was a bomb threat somewhere at another airport, and Kansas City was immediately out of regulation. Oh, great! From the nineteen seventies, oh. <laughs> right? Oh. <laughs> I mean, it is one of those airports like like Des Moines where you can get out of the car, walk up, check your bag, and be at your gate in less than ten minutes, mm-hmm. which is which is nice. You know, you don't have to be O'Hare or. What is it? Uh, Hartsfield Jackson. Hearts, what, is that the one in uh, in Atlanta? World's biggest airport or one of them. You don't have to be that busy to be a successful airport. I but- love. Uh, sorry. I love the idea that like they were so far out from like present regulations that they were like, oh, yeah, it, Jeanette, she she just smokes in the lobby. It's fine. It's fine. It's all good. <laughs> but I think Kansas City wants to be looked at as a place for big-time stuff. You know, they were in consideration, I don't think serious consideration three, four years ago for Amazon's HQ2, the second headquarters, didn't happen. I think they're in consideration for the Hyperloop, but I don't know if that's going to happen. It's a great test market if you just run it along I-70 down there from Kansas City to St. Louis. But I don't know, that might be a pipe dream, I have no idea. So they're opening the new airport next March or early April, and then they have the NFL draft next year. So every NFL city is sending thousands of fans to Kansas City. This will kind of feel like a warm-up for the World Cup, which they're getting in 2026. So that that's very, very cool for that town. And I think if you live here in Des Moines, you're going to see a lot of traffic come from, the north, from Minneapolis and Chicago and those that want to get down there. That's probably your best bet. Is anything else closer to Chicago than than Kansas City? About six hours, is that right? About six hours to get there? New York, Dallas, no. Houston, Atlanta, Miami, Boston, Philly, no. No, he's right. Mark said that. Mark said it, and he's he's right. Chicago's closest stop for the World Cup is going to be Kansas City. And that's a cheap flight. Or it is now. <laughs> well, no, it's not now. It used to be a cheap flight. Now, nothing's cheap. So I have no idea what it'll be in 2026. Hey, uh, pro tip, take the train. Take Amtrak. Love it. Amtrak is incredible. Love it. I've done that. I love the train. May take you a little longer, but you can get a seat Mm -hmm. or a bed. (laughs) For half or a third of the price of a plane ticket. Even now? Uh, right now. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. I hope they don't start jacking up prices for 2026 for people to take those flights from anywhere down to Kansas City. But you may see some people flying into Des Moines, man. Congrats to KC and all the other uh, 10 cities in the United States for getting the World Cup bid. Good luck with it. That is it. My thanks to Mark Van Sickle for joining me. If you're a dad, take Sunday off. Wish your father a happy birthday or happy birthday. Happy Father's Day if he is still with us. My name is Mike Wickett. Thanks to Kira for keeping us on the air. Cubs baseball is next.